Angie has made it easier than ever to hire high-quality pros to get all your home service jobs done well. Just bring them your project online or with the Angie app, answer a few questions, and Angie will connect you with local pros who match your specific needs. Or book a service instantly at an upfront price. So join the millions of homeowners who use Angie to care for their homes and get your next home service job done well. Download the free Angie mobile app today or visit Angie.com. That's A-N-G-I dot com. Yes, sir. Back again here on the Hangtime Podcast. Sekou Smith from headquarters here in Atlanta. Greg Anthony and John Schumann will join us later in the show. As always, GA is in L.A. calling the Pelicans and Clippers. The Anthony Davis circus continues. What kind of numbers can he get on TNT Tuesday night? And John Schumann is in New Jersey crunching numbers. So we'll uh, catch up with both those guys here shortly. But before we get with them, let's dig into the drama and all the other stuff going on in San Antonio with Jabari Young of the San Antonio Express News. I got to give him credit. He is a sage voice in the wilderness out there about the Spurs. Told me a bunch of stuff during the Western Conference Finals last year that, that has come to fruition. Jabari, what's going on? And uh, tell me, man, are, are you in mummy gauze right now? You wrapped up? You got knee pads on? You trying to stay... <laughs> Man, listen, I'm, I'm, I was in the house, and I, I didn't want to get out of my bed, man. I'm scared to get out of my bed, man. Every time we turn around, something happened with the Spurs. I feel like it's, it's going to hit us media people, too, man. You know what I mean? They just can't catch a break down here. Rudy Gay blowing out his eardrum, man. After the winter with Memphis Grizzlies on Monday night, and Paul Gasol apparently has a shoulder injury, man. It might keep him out. So now at this point, man, you got to be like, Yo, y'all, y'all must be cursed this season. Because you know, it's, it's sad. It's, it's really sad. Is this the inevitable stretch you hit after you've had some of the – and I'm not saying it wasn't well thought out and well planned, but they've had so much good fortune over the years in terms of things just working – finding a way to work themselves out. Is what we're seeing now just kind of the the inevitable flip side of that, where you're just going to hit hit a stretch where things don't go right, where Kawhi is out, where you know you got players dropping left and right to injury, and just the same things that other franchises seem to go through all the time is hitting the Spurs. Yeah, man. I mean, there's ain't no way to else put it. I think you put it right, hit it right on the money, man. It's like I've always, for a long time, thought the Spurs was going was made, made a deal with the Illuminati a long time ago. <laughs> you know what I mean, five championships and a coach and a superstar player and so much success making the playoffs for 20 years in a row and keeping teams under a hundred points, you know, defensively for so long um, and longest tenure coach and heads and, and, and professional sports. And, you know, here we go. It's like now they're tasting, uh, you know, a bit of what every other franchise has to endure over the years, you know, uh, uh, of the problems and, you know, injury problems uh, going on in the court and, you know, obviously having not getting any continuity together, you know, maybe a, a couple of things just not going their way, you know, especially with their franchise player being hurt. And believe me, I was talking to a scout last night, you know, uh, you know, at the Memphis Grizzlies game, you know, just trying to figure out what is it? Am I looking at the same thing everybody else is looking at? And he laughed. They're absolutely not as strong as, as they used to be because they don't have any playmakers. But he said, I kind of feel sorry for him. And I said, you know, you're probably the only one in the NBA who do feel sorry for this first. And nobody else feels sorry for them. No. Everybody else is like, finally, about damn time. You know, and so, uh, you know, it, it's, this is, it just let, allows you to understand that no matter who you are, you're going to have to go through that, that, uh, that, that, that transition one day. And, and the Spurs are getting a taste of it right now. How do we untangle this Kawhi situation? Not just with the Spurs, but just overall. He's, Kawhi has never been in the news like he has been since 
since yeah. he got injured last year in the conference finals. We hear about the Jordan Brand shoe deal and, and that negotiation not going the way this plan, you know, this this notion that he's upset or, you know, his camp is not happy with the Spurs and the way they've handled his injury. Why now is Kawhi in the crosshairs like this? You know, man, I think it's just it's a whole bunch of frustration. It's just from both sides. It ain't just from, you know, Kawhi's side. It's from the Spurs' side, too. I mean, and I, you can look at it, step back, and, and everybody who, you know, might be just one-sided on the issue, just step back and look at it from both sides. You know, and that's what I've tried to do. On the one side, you have the franchise who feels like, hey, and you were there, Siku. You, you you saw it firsthand. Yo, we took the Warriors. We right. had them. Okay, <laughs> right. we we knew what we were doing. We we had them. Okay, we, we were running the you know the, the the pick and roll with Lamarcus and Kawhi perfectly, right at the top of the circle. And you know it, we was getting our point. Kawhi was doing work. He was also holding KD. You know who was struggling in that game. We had him up, and we. We blew it. Yeah. Well, the, well, you know, we got robbed because of what happened with his injury. And and now you come into the season with so much high expectations. You go out, you sign Rudy Gay, you bring Mark Palcasol back, and you're feeling like you got a good chance. And the face of your franchise has an, a lingering injury issue that suffered last season and can't get back on the court right away. Okay, fine. We'll give you a little bit of time. Now it extends further than what they thought. And now Kawhi, his family, his camp is like, listen, we're going to take our time. We're not going to rush back from this because in a way, in a way, some people may think that he rushed back from that ankle injury last year too soon. And so everybody's going to be cautious now, especially on his side. We want to be cautious because we don't want him to limp into the season and then face another injury. This time it could be a season-long injury. So we don't want to do that. And so I think they wanted to be cautious. The Spurs wanted to be cautious. Maybe the Spurs were thinking, hey, we were cautious, and now we feel like he's ready. And his camp is like, no, 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 no. He's still not ready yet. He comes back, still feeling pain. Camp says, we told you so. We're going to shut him down again. The Spurs agree. And now the Spurs say, oh, well, we cleared him. And Kawhi's came and said, well, we don't care if y'all clear him. We, we still feel something. We still going to take our time. And so it's frustration from both issues, both, from both sides, because – the ultimate goal is everybody wants to get Kawhi Leonard back on the court. Right. How to do that is is, is where there seems to be a difference. <laughs> um, and, you know, again, you can look at it from both sides, but you also have to side with the look at it from if you want to choose a side, I, I, I tend to go a little bit towards Kawhi's side. And that's nothing mm-hmm. against the Spurs. It's just that, A, this dude is 25 years old. 20, right. He has a long career ahead of him. The last thing you want to do is force it back on the court, and he suffers – a, a, a worse injury, right. you know, and he's out for a longer period of time. His future, you, you want to consider the future, you want to consider the present, you also want to understand that, you know, you, you want to listen to your body while you're doing all of that. Kawhi Leonard wants to get back on the court, man. I'm telling you, the dude is a competitor. He wants to play, but he's not going to do so at the risk of his health. And financials aside, he wants his body to be the way he wants it to be so he can compete the way that he wants to compete, and that's both sides of the floor. And yeah. if he's not feeling that way, he has every right to say, yo, you know, I'm shutting it down. Yeah. And he has every right to get as much input from other doctors outside of the Spurs as he'd like. Mm-hmm. And I think that's where the problem comes in at because they feel like, hey, we got our people telling us this. And they're saying, no, we went and we went and got some other opinions. And this is what we feel. And this is what they say. And so I, I just think it's that confusion. It's that frustration, I should say, on both sides. And up until this point, you know, it. it they're trying to, to, you know, get him to come back, and I, he wants to, and I know he's going to try to get back to the end of this month. But up until this point, man, it's just been that frustration because you just have two sides that want to get him back on the court. 
but they have they just they don't know how they they differ when it comes to how to do so. It's so strange too seeing the Spurs um, in this position because of the way they've always managed player relations, so to speak. You know, always found a way to to smooth out the rough patches. Um, yeah. But to see them not only involved in that, but then you look at the standings, Jabari, and they they're in a I mean, I can't believe I'm even saying it, but they're in a mess right now where they, they actually have to fight for their playoff lives down the stretch of this season based on the way the Pelicans, the Trailblazers, some other teams are playing. They got to make sure they get in um, yeah. before we start talking about potentially what they could do in the postseason. I mean, is there a what – ha- what happens in San Antonio if they don't make the playoffs? Like how crazy would that be for the Spurs to miss out on the playoffs? Man, it's gonna be rides down in San Antonio, man. It's just, <laughs> you know what, man? It's 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 interesting, man. I'm curious. I want to see how this organization reacts to the first time missing the playoffs in years. Yeah. And that's not to say I want them to miss the playoffs. It doesn't bother me either way because you know I'm right. I'm a reporter. I gotta just go by what I see and and try to report facts and chase leads. And you know how this thing goes, yeah. but. You know, and it's since, of course, every every last journalist, we always want to cover the playoffs. I mean, that's that's it. You go through 82 games of the season. <laughs> you go through flight delays. You go through trap. At least you want to see some competitive basketball, right? You want to yes. you want to cover a playoff series. So I love covering the playoffs. I love it because you never know what's going to happen in a seven game series. And so, you know, but it's that intrigue too. Like, man, I wonder what would it be if they don't make make the playoffs. Um, and I think if that's the case. On the one hand, you know the Spurs were they were, first of all they're going to have a lot of decisions to make this off season. Yeah. Um, and then on the other hand, it's like, do they even try to touch anything, knowing that they have yet to know what this team is because nobody's been on the court, played together one time, literally one time, mm-hmm. and so no, they don't know what they are. So do you give it another go and say, yo, we're going to run this back? You know what I mean? We, we're going to run it back because we know if we can get this team on the court healthy, we're going, we're going to be good. And if not, then what do you do? But a lot of things are also out of their hands. Tony Parker's a free agent. I know he says he wants to stay, but I mean, how much are the Spurs willing to, to pay him? You got to go through another. Is Mono Ginobili? Is his another decision on him? Hey, do, do you want to come back for another year and go through this again? You know what I mean? Rudy Gay has a player option. Joffrey Laverne has a player option. What are you going to do with Kyle Anderson, who's proven that he can play, understands his position in the NBA, made a hell of a pass, possibly maybe the best alley hoop alley hoop pass <laughs> of, of the year, right. you know? And he's a restricted free agent. He's going to he, his his money got bumped up because of certain things in his contract. What are you going to do with him? So it's a lot of decisions they have to make, but at the same time, man, it's like they're still fighting because they still believe that they are a playoff contender team, and if they're healthy, they can make a run at the Western Conference Finals and possibly beyond. But like I said, man, it's like it's it's, it's going to be an intriguing few months from here on out because if they don't make it, then it's going to be a lot of decisions, and then if they do make it, it's like, okay, what are you going into this thing? And if Kawhi is back on the court – are you dangerous because teams don't know who you are and y'all don't even know who y'all are or are y'all suspect? Remember yeah. back in 1994, 95? Remember number 45 who changed the number back to number 23? <laughs> remember he came back, everybody thought, oh, it was always good, the Bulls are going to win. And how far did they get? Right. You're talking about arguably the greatest player in the NBA comes back after spending most of the season sideline playing baseball, semi-retired, he comes back and even the Bulls don't get it together. Even Michael Jordan and the Bulls get downside of the second round by of the Orlando Magic. Right. So at that point, it's like, okay, even if Kawhi comes back, you, you feel like you're a threat, but are you really a threat? And yeah. right now, looking at the Spurs the way that they are, 
The answer is no. Yeah. Do you look at him, Jabari, and say to yourself, just from your vantage point, that it's time to make some some major changes just in terms of the makeup of your roster because of the age of guys like Manu and Tony and Powell. These are not these are not young players in the NBA, and you're dealing with competition in Houston, at Golden State. The the core of their rosters are, are generally in the primes of their careers, age wise. You know where they are in terms of status. Number of all stars. No offense, but Kawhi. It's not like he's going out there like a lot of his contemporaries in the league when he is healthy, playing with another all star or two, or guys who are in that realm. Um, is it time for the Spurs to look at it and say, you know what, we have milked this thing as far as we can, and now it's time to rebuild the core of our team? You know what, though, man, that narrative is, is crazy because if you want to really look deep at the Spurs roster, outside of Manu, outside of Powell, outside of Tony, and, and maybe LaMarcus, who's you know approaching in, in, in his early 30s, this roster is pretty young. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like they're and maybe they're they're really young. Brent Forbes, Davis Bertans, you know, DeJounte Murray. Right. You know, uh, even Joffrey Laverne. You know, they have a lot of young guys on this team that, if you look at it, they're not one of the oldest rosters in the NBA. They're still a fairly young team. They just have some core vets that are reaching up in that age. But I think that, you know, obviously, you know, the Spurs always have contingency plans. You know, they're always out looking and they're always out scouting. And I think they're going to look at this roster and they're going to – understand um, that they have pieces that they can get to fit. You know, I keep on saying all the time, you know, <laughs> I know people love Greg Popovich, and I know you respect Greg Popovich. Yes. Arguably one of the best coaches in NBA. Oh, but, I would think you could easily argue easily the best. You know, a lot of people tell you they're definitely the best coach in the NBA. Yeah. Yeah. It's one thing to say that, mm-hmm. and it's another thing to play for him. <laughs> yeah. Michael Jordan loved Pat Riley, right? He, he always said, yo, Pat is a hell of a coach, but I can never play for him. Right, right. You know what I mean? It's one thing to say Greg Popovich is the best coach in the NBA. It's one thing to praise him from afar. Yo, this dude is money. He pops always here. Can you play for him? Okay? Are you willing to be coached? Are you willing to be called out? Are right. you willing to be screamed at, yelled at on national TV if you make an error that you're not supposed to make in a key game? You know, not a lot of dudes can handle that. Yeah. You know what I mean? I remember last year in the playoffs, Paul Gasol, if something happened, and, and Greg Popovich met him half court and got into him. And Paul's a vet. He was able to handle it. But I asked myself, how many dudes can actually handle that type of coaching? Right. How many dudes can actually feel that? I don't think a lot of dudes out there, I think a lot of guys will tell you, listen, this is great. You know, he that the team is good. They're always going to be good, and that's why the Spurs are always going to attract those later veterans that that want a ring. And because they're they're always there, guys like David West who gave it a shot here. They're always going to get those type of guys. But getting a superstar in his prime, can you do it? It's a reason why a lot of guys. It's a, it's a reason why the Spurs haven't had to go that route. Obviously, yeah. because they had Tim Duncan, a big three here for such a long time, so they didn't necessarily need it. But if you look at the the, the major trades or signings that the Spurs have got. And I'm talking about as far as star players in their prime. They had yeah. Richard Jefferson, which didn't work out. And they had LaMarcus Altrick, which almost fell apart. Right. Right? right. Can a lot of dudes come and play for him? Yeah. And I, so I always yeah. ask myself that question. So I, I think what, when it comes to saying, hey, do they need to make change to roster? Yeah, but at, at the same time, I, I ask myself now, hey, is the Spurs culture, is that culture 
without Tim Duncan in the fold right. because he was the guy. I mean, remember something? A coach can never be the the, uh, the leader of a locker room. Right. He could be the head coach. He could be the head of the team. But the leader of the locker room always has to be a player. Yeah. And Tim Duncan was that guy. And the Spurs locker room right now, you, you, you're always constantly looking. Is it this guy? Is that guy? Is this guy? It's always always look at the vets and say, hey, it's you guys as a whole. You know what I mean? It can, can you guys as a whole be that leader? Because Tim is gone. I think they need to kind of reevaluate that culture and say, okay, Tim ain't here anymore. Kawhi Leonard is not Tim Duncan. He is his own man. He's doing things his own way. We have to reevaluate and make sure that we are moving forward and our culture is moving forward in a different you know, approaching a different era because every era is different. Players aren't what they used to be. They're younger. You know, I think in some respects, some, some, some players, not all, some are more sensitive to things than they used to be. Um, and so they have to, I think, approach that culture and look at it and say, okay, how's, how's this going to fit going into a new era? Yeah. Going into an era where we have Kawhi Leonard and LaMarcus Aldridge defeated our franchise. How can we approach that? Popovich is always going to be there. He's always going to be, he's the man. As long as he's there, he's the president, he's the helm. He's always going to be that guy, but is that culture, is is that set moving into a new era? And I think those are questions that they have to ask themselves. Not only just the shape up of the roster, but the culture. Is yeah. it is is it sustainable for another ten years and even life after Greg Popovich? Because we know he's not going to coach that. Right. And yeah. I think they have to start asking themselves that question with a new face to franchise and Kawhi Leonard. In the fold. I'll be the first to tell you that it's tough to get yelled at by Pop. He yelled at me during about Zaza oh, yeah. that day at practice last year. And I'm telling you, yeah. it, I was ready to fight for the next two weeks. Like, <laughs> you know, just as a man, like, you know, somebody goes off on you like that. And you, you know, like when you think you've been wrong, you're ready to scrap. Like I was yeah. thinking to myself every day after that, I was like, man, I, sh- I should cuss Pop out today. Like for yelling at me, yeah, because, like, you know, it's You're a grown man, too. Yeah. But the other day, it's like, yo, who I got kids. To? Yeah, like, I got you know, kids. You don't talk I'm to me. I'm a grown man. I got gray hairs in my beard. I'm not going to let you talk to me like that. Okay? You know what I mean? Like, who are you talking to? And so sometimes you – listen, and, and we get, you know, we get belittled and we get disrespected <laughs> in a humorous manner at right. times. And you know, I understand he doesn't always try to – he plays that tough guy act. But behind the scenes, we know that he's, he's a legit dude. But there are those times when the cameras are on and the lights are bright and we ask him a question that we may feel is valid. And he wants to give you like, yo, man, I didn't ask you that. Who are you talking to? <laughs> you know what I mean? And you got to hold yourself back because yep. the minute you snap back, you'll look that as being That's That's a problem. Yeah, that's a problem. Yep. You know what I mean? And uh, so I think from a player's point, I always say to myself, listen, I know we got to go through some stuff, but when y'all get yelled at like that, how do y'all feel? Yeah. You know, what is it like? I remember David was telling me, man, like, and and he he was saying how Steve Kerr and Greg Popovich are almost the same, but Pop was a little bit more stern, a little bit more military. Steve right. is laid back, and you know what I mean, humorous, and you know he's not. He has that Greg Popovich fury in him, but it it ain't to the level of Greg Popovich. <laughs> you know what I mean, and that's the difference. And yeah. I think to a certain point, I think some players like that that down to earth, relaxed. Because like I told you before, it's a different era, man. Yeah. Like dudes say they want to be coached, but. At the end of the day, they don't want to be coached. And it's, that's a hard transition to make, especially when you spent the majority of your career maybe being the player who controlled everything and not being coached to come here and understand that it works differently. Greg Popovich is the helm. He ain't nothing going over his head. He calls the final shot. He's the coach. You, you, when you get here, you got to fall in line. Right. And like I said, it's one thing to say that, hey, look, Pop is the greatest. 
but I can't, I can't ever play for him, but he's the greatest. <laughs> and, and that's the difference. Yeah. The Spurs, Jabari, have to – they got to finish 13-5 and five over these last 18 games to reach 50 wins. Yeah. Which they've done every season this decade. I mean, I'm, and you start wrapping your head around that. It wouldn't just be the end of a of an era if they didn't make the playoffs. Say they don't get the fifty wins. There's a lot of things that could come to a halt for the Spurs this year if they don't finish finish right. Um, in your mind's eye, how do they finish this season? How do they how do they get right for the final stretch of this regular season? What has what's the one thing that's got to take place outside of getting Kawhi back, which we don't know if that'll happen and, and what kind of impact that would have. What can they do sans Kawhi's return? To, to finish this thing right. Yeah, man. You know, I look at it from two sides, right? <laughs> if Kawhi comes back, then I think they'll still go through their bumps and bruises early, but I think they'll finish strong. And I think I said that if they did finish, it'll be right at 50, mm-hmm. maybe 49, right at 50 that they did. Mm-hmm. And that's if he comes back after a few games, getting his legs under him, getting himself conditioned right and everything like that. And he'll, you know, that final stretch, maybe the final two, three weeks, you'll see them going a little small run into the playoffs with a little bit more confidence and maybe they capture 50 and that's if he comes back. If he doesn't come back, if it gets to a point maybe in the next week and a half, and I think the Spurs are really going to evaluate this really, really closely. And I think now they may take over and say, hey, I know you want to come back, but we're not in a position, dude. We're shutting you down. Because if it gets to next week and you fall and you got three, a triple threat is what I call it. You got three Kings school. You're very likely to be swept. Yeah. In the perfect world, you would get you know all three, and and in a world where you say, okay, you know, you play some competitive basketball, you get one. You know, if you roll it and you pick up a penny on heads, maybe you'll get two. You know, but in likelihood, everybody's probably assuming the Spurs might get swept when they got to face Golden State on Thursday, they got to face Oklahoma City Saturday, and they got to face Houston Sunday. I mean, God, darn it. Yeah. So, and remember something: you still got to see Oklahoma City you, again. Uh, you still have to see, you know, um, the 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 Houston Rockets one more time after this final stretch. Right. You know what I mean? Or after this three game, Golden State is going to be waiting for you in another week and a half. This time at your home place. You know what I mean? So March is tough. You still got to see the Pelicans again. You still got to see the Timberwolves who fight for their playoff lives. Portland will be coming in, and they hot. Washington, you got Washington, and they coming. Yeah, man, they coming in, and they they warm. So. It's like, it, man, they got a tough – you got Milwaukee. You know what I mean? Like, they got a tough stretch in, in the month of March. The only thing that's going to help them, man, is if they take care of their home court, which they didn't do against the Pelicans and they didn't do against the Lakers. The Lakers, they let Lonzo Ball light them up. Yeah. So the one thing is they got to do is take it, beat the teams A that they're supposed to beat. I mean, you can't fall to the Lakers. The Pelicans, I get it. They're, they're pretty good. They're feeling confident. Cool. They got Anthony Davis. You can't lose to the Lakers. You can't lose. You can't almost let the Memphis Grizzlies come into your home and beat you like like they did on Monday. Right. That can't happen. Like you can't let these inferior teams who are not making the playoffs, who have nothing to to, to play for except for getting better, come into your building when you're fighting for playoff position and 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 taking you to the taking you to damn near last minute of the fourth <laughs> quarter. You got to stomp them, dudes. You got to save your energy. You got to take care of the business on your home court. You know, and so yeah. that starts with. You know, playing better defense, they obviously, you know, their offense is only going to go but so far, you know, because they're missing key players. And like I said, we don't even know how long Paul Gasol is going to be out. You know, Rudy Gay. And if those two guys are out for even five, six games, that's trouble. 
Mm-hmm. Not even LaMarcus Aldridge is going to be able to carry this load by himself. Because if I'm a team, I'm coming in here, dude, I'll blitz LaMarcus every damn possession. I will make every last one of y'all beat me. Yeah. Okay? We're not just going to let him on the left block go to, go to work on us and then let shooters get hot. No, we'll make y'all try to shoot first. So they're facing an uphill battle from the offensive you know, standpoint. So defensively, they got to get it done. And like I said, man, the only way that they're going to you know, finish this thing strong and make the playoffs and maybe get the 50 wins is they got to play better defense. Um, they got to find out, you know, first of all, guys on this team, vets, you know, Mono's been doing it all season long. Tony Parker did it against the Grizzlies. Young players, they all got to come together and they all got to say, dude, we got to, we got to make plays. We have to be there. The vets have to take responsibility because they've been there. They know how to do it. The young players are going to have to, when their names are called, step up to the challenge. Um, and they're going to rely on the defense to do it because offensively, you know, they're only going to, it's only going to go but so far. You know what I mean? Even put all that great ball movement. You know what I mean? It, it's only going to go but so far because you don't have creators on the floor who can get their own shot if you're set to break down. They don't have anybody that can go one-on-one and say, yo, I'm getting this bucket like Kawhi Leonard could. Yeah. You know, so it's going to rely on their defense. It's going to rely on, uh, you know, other teams also falling. Like, this is a time now where the Spurs are actually going to have to look at the standards and say, damn, we, you, they got to hope that the other teams beat up on each other and they can kind of, you know, keep some ground and maybe gain a little bit more ground going into it because – like I said, they beat the Grizzlies, which was a much-needed win, but they go on this three-game losing streak. I mean, by next Tuesday when they come home to play the Orlando Magic, ain't no telling where they're going to be in the standings. They can very well be out. Wow. Jabari Young, San Antonio Express News, joined the show on the Hangtime Podcast. Man, I, just thinking about all of it, it's, it's a trip. You never, you never think that the San Antonio Spurs would be in this predicament, man. Um, we'll, we'll be reading. Watching, listening, trying to figure out what's going to happen, man. We appreciate you joining us, taking some time. Hey, out man, anytime, week. man. I hope to see you in the playoffs. I really do, man. <laughs> <laughs> We're going <laughs> salute to you, man. This, this is a, remember, this is uncharted territory for me, too. I haven't yeah. missed the playoffs covering the team since, you know, when I was in Philly in 2013. You right. know, last, my last year there. That's, right. that's what they didn't uh, They didn't go. That's when they had bite them. So, Unbelievable. So, um, this is this is a little bit uncharted territory for me too, man. So it's it's, it's going to be interesting to see how it all unfolds the next few weeks. No doubt, man. We'll be watching. Thanks, man. Appreciate you. All right, man. All right. Anytime. Oh, from San Antonio and what's going on with the Spurs to L.A. and Jersey. Greg Anthony joining us from out west. John Schumann from New Jersey, fellas. What's happening? How y'all doing? Doing good, man. What's going on? Oh, just just trying to sort this stuff out. Shu, I know you've been um, cranking out the information about the you know the, the remaining schedules for everybody in the league and kind of where they fit. Aside from the, just the logistics of the schedule for both you guys, how surprising is is it to see the Pelicans and Anthony Davis doing what they've done, and really Damian Lillard and the Trailblazers as well climbing in the West this late in the season? I mean, it, it's surprising to me. Um, the one thing you just look at is is you know you 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 thought. You know, San Antonio has always been up at the top, and obviously, you know, the lack of Kawhi Leonard has wore on them, and and so I think it's 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 as much about the teams that have have slipped a little bit as it is about those teams, the San Antonios and, and Minnesota, obviously losing Jimmy Butler and, and slipping too. Um, but uh, you got to give credit to to those guys. Uh, Anthony Davis has been terrific. Um, I think it's it's sort of a new level. He's put up big numbers in stretches before but i think this is the first time where he's really raised the level of his team um i think something has clicked with him i think he's being more a lot more aggressive getting a lot more buckets at uh at the basket 
um, not settling for jumpers as much as he had. There was that one game where he had 53 last week where um, 43 of the 33 were either in the restricted area or at the free th- or on free throws. Right. Um, and that tells me that he's being aggressive and he's been aggressive on the glass as well. Um, and so that's huge. And, and Portland, Portland, as much as you want to talk about Damian Lillard, their defense has been terrific. They have the number one defense since the All-Star break, and, and that's been a big part of it. Mm. Yeah, I think you hit hit on it. Um, listen, you could also argue in New Orleans' case. You talk about injuries; they lost as talented as player a player as anybody. So, Minnesota obviously losing Jimmy Butler, but Demarcus Cousins was having every bit as good a year. Uh, and and conversely, with San Antonio not having Kawhi, so uh, the injuries play a role, but it's not an excuse for those guys. And and listen, it, it's just you're you're kind of seeing a bit of a changing of the guard, if you will, a little bit. Because when you look at San Antonio, I mean, they're only basically two games from being out of the playoffs. I mean, that's Stat- yes. similarly our Minnesota. And and you got to be concerned a little bit if you're those teams because of how well the two teams that aren't in the playoffs are playing, the Clippers and Utah. You know, both those teams are playing terrific basketball and gaining confidence. So, you know, outside of the one and the two in the Western Conference, man, the, 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 it is wide open. And some teams are going to really benefit from winning a, a first-round series in terms of their confidence and, and the path of their franchise. So it's an exciting time. I'm, I'm looking forward to tonight. I got the Pelicans uh, and the Clippers on, on Tuesday. So that one right there is going to be a huge game and obviously going to play a role in determining uh, who's in and who out and who's out in that, that Western Conference. I mean, this is a tough you, when you're looking at it, you know, the Clippers come in on a two-game streak, you know, half a game back behind Denver for that AC. You know, the Pelicans go into Tuesday's game on an on a eight-game win streak, which is unheard of in the Anthony Davis era. What do you what do you look at and say the final the playoff makeup of the Western Conference based on just what we can forecast should be what shoe like what who who are those final teams that you think should be in there if they play the way they're supposed to? It, I mean. Utah made a heck of a run, but it's just hard to see them. I mean, everybody else has 28 or fewer losses. They have 30. Mm-hmm. And they have a relatively easy schedule going forward, but it's just uh, it's hard to see them climbing up. Um, and then, I don't know, like the Clippers, you know, have a, have a relatively tough schedule, but the toughest schedule in the West going forward belongs to the Spurs. Right. I mean, they have 18 games left. And 15 are against teams that have winning records. You know, right now we have 18 teams in the league, 10 in the West, 8 in the East, that have winning records. And they've sort of separated themselves um, from the rest. Although the Lakers are playing like a a winning team right now. But the Spurs only have three games remaining against uh, teams with losing records. That is a tough stretch. And they have not been playing particularly well. They scraped out a win Monday night. Uh, at home against the Grizzlies, and that the Grizzlies were or came in with 13 straight losses. So that tells you that the Spurs um, are not at the top of their game. <laughs> right. Um, in fact, one of the three games they have left against teams with losing records is at the Lakers, and the Lakers are, you know, like I said, the the one team with a losing record that's playing pretty well right now. And obviously, they don't care about their draft pick because they don't have it. Yeah. Um, so they got nothing to lose. Um, and so San Antonio is the one that scares me right now. They are in a in a tough spot, slipping only uh, you know one game ahead of the the Clippers in the loss column. Although they got a few wins in the bank, and like I said, uh, the toughest schedule in the West going forward. And, and don't don't uh, discount road records. 
That, that to me, is going to be telling. You know, you look at Denver, they're in the eighth spot right now. They don't have the tiebreaker with the Clippers, and they are 11-19 and 19 on the road. You know, they have the worst road record of any playoff team that's in right now, and they're going to play the bulk of their schedule on the road down the stretch. You know, of their, what do they got left? 19 games, I think 13 of them roughly are, are on the road, or I should say uh, 11 of them are on the road. So that that's going to make it tough for them to make a push down the stretch. And I tell you, uh, Minnesota also is a team, they've really struggled on the road. They've been terrific at home. Uh, and they have a few more home games, but no Jimmy Butler for a while. Uh, they're starting to reel a little bit. Uh, that's another team that, that you got to be somewhat concerned with. So uh, it, it's wide open, man. I, I don't, I can't recall where it's been this open. And, I, and it's not just wide open for, you know, the last couple spots. I mean, nothing outside of one and two. As well as the Blazers are playing, you know, they're only they're basically only three games out of the playoffs. <laughs> they got a three game lead over the nine spot, and they're in the three spot. So there's still a lot to be determined uh, in terms of how it's going to all play out. Uh, and, and other than the only certainty we have right now are Houston and Golden State. So, Shu, with that in mind, you you got to have some trivia lined up for us that reflects on on how wild this race is right now. I don't know about that. Yeah. But I will uh, <laughs> I was looking at the Spurs, right? Uh-huh. They're on pace right now for 47 wins, which would end their streak of 18 straight seasons of 50 wins or more. Mm-hmm. And I started digging into the most games a franchise a team has won in franchise history. And I found one little curious little trivia What's the only franchise, current franchise, that has won a championship but has never won 60 games in a season? Mm. Never won 60 games in a season. They've only won one championship? They have won multiple championships. Houston Rockets. They've never Houston won Rockets. 60 games. Houston Rockets. Yes. I Correct. thought about that. Yes. Wow. That's the first uh, time we've ever gotten trivia on the first time. <laughs> yeah. Good Lord. Rockets Rockets franchise high for wins was 58 in 93-94, their right. first championship. The year after that, I think they won 47. Yeah, they went down. Yeah. And they've never won 60 games. Unbelievable. Um, well, so I thought that was kind of interesting. There's they, one, two, three. They're on pace to, to, to get 60 this year, of course, though, right? Yes. Yeah, yeah. Could, yes. So they could change all that this year. Yes. Nice. There are nine franchises that have never won 60 games, and they're one of them. Uh, but they're the only one that's uh, won a championship of those nine. Unbelievable. Um, shoot, do you and, – and, G.A., I'm curious what you think about this, obviously, as well. Do you think the Rockets are built to take the Warriors down if they, if they were to face each other in the Western Conference Finals? Like, do you think that's legit? Yes, I, I think they are legit. I don't think there's any doubt about it. They they are built with the Warriors in mind. And, you know, if you think about it, I don't know that we've quite appreciated truly how great James Harden is. Because if you look at how much success they've had as a team, vis-a-vis only having one superstar, in essence, over this stretch he's had, it's, I don't want to say unprecedented, but I can't recall other than LeBron being in a similar category if you think about it, you know, because, you know, they've won 56 games. Now, they've had good teams, but they haven't had another superstar caliber player. 
Uh, and now you have that with Chris Paul, uh, not to mention how much improved they are defensively, uh, the depth they have, the athleticism. And I think you also got to factor in that Golden State, as good as they are, you could argue they're not as good as they've been in the last few years because of the lack of depth and, and the inexperience that they have on that bench, which had always been one of their strengths to go along with that terrific starting five, that their bench isn't as good as it has been. Uh, and, and so I, if you're the Rockets or a Rockets fan, you have to feel like you have a legitimate chance to dethrone the champs. <laughs> yeah, I, th- I think um, for me it'll be interesting just to see um, if Houston can keep guys like Tucker and Bamute on the floor in order to defend the Warriors at their highest level, at you know, at the Rockets you know, that's the best uh, configuration defensively for the Rockets. But are the the Warriors going to sort of ignore those guys on offense and try to put, um, you know, put the double teams and, and extra defenders on James Harden and Chris Paul? That'll be the interesting thing to me and, and, and how the Warriors defend it. Because, you know, Warriors are a team that, that likes to switch and has the ability to switch. And the Rockets, when you switch with the Rockets, they just go iso ball. They try to pick out your your defenders, uh, your your weakest defender, go iso. Sorry. <laughs> no, no, no. We love it when the dogs come to the – we love it when we get the dogs on the podcast. You, I love it. Let, let them go. Right, so, I mean, it's just about matchups like that to me, really. Right. You know, like how, how, are, how are the defensive players of the Rockets going to fit offensively and how are the Warriors going to sort of match up that way? Yeah. Um, yeah. Go ahead, Gia. All right, I got to go. All right, sure, yeah, get the dogs right, Shu. Go ahead, Gia, right. finish your thought, though. Well, you know, I, I was going to say, like, that. those matchups are different because the other thing I would say is that this will be, as it's working itself out, this will be the best team the Warriors have faced in their, in their, in their run because they've got two guys that, as good as the Warriors have been, they're not going to guard those guys successfully one-on-one. James Harden, and that was my point about James Harden, I, I, I don't think historically we really have, have a true appreciation for just how good he's been in this stretch. I mean, he has been, I mean, historically this stretch has been about as good as we've seen basketball be played. Yeah. Um, and now he's got another guy in Chris Paul who's on his level. He hadn't had that before, coupled with all those other guys. So, Matchup-wise, they're gonna. I, I think they probably create more concerns for Golden State than than anybody else can, because of how dynamic those two are and the way they can space the floor. Um, so it, it's going to be a tremendous. I, I, listen, I think it's setting up to get there. I'm sure a lot of other teams want to feel like they can. They're going to have something to say, but I, I think we could see one of the best series we've seen in a long time. Uh, potentially in the conference finals between those two, and and, and, I, and I and I know for a fact that Houston has Golden State's attention. I mean, I, I do think they respect the fact and, and and appreciate the fact that that's a team that is capable of beating. This it, I'm I'm almost I almost feel guilty too, GA, rooting for for conference finals and finals outcomes before we get to St. Patrick's Day, but I'm I'm seriously going to yeah. be upset if we don't get. Warriors Rockets in the Western Conference Finals, and I don't care who has home court advantage or what the other circumstances are. I just feel like they've earned the right to play each other to get to the finals this year. And I'm and I'm trying to think how often we say that, 
how many times we said it about the Spurs and the Warriors the past few years, and, you know, and then we yeah. don't get the matchup we want. Last year, Kawhi goes down early in that series, so you don't yeah. get the matchup legitimately the way you want it. Um, so maybe I don't know. Maybe, I think I'm gonna stop talking about it from this moment on, <laughs> just so I don't, just so I don't jinx it and screw it up. Because I want to see that. I want to see how the Rockets respond in in the heat of that moment knowing that the yeah. Warriors have been there the last three years and how they would react to it. It's, it's just it's too much. It feels like it's too much wishing for it to happen. Yeah, and we haven't had it where the team that we thought could give the Warriors that run, to your point, was healthy, right? Uh, or And capable. Because, we, you know, I still had a lot of doubts about San Antonio, even with a healthy Kawhi Leonard, because I just didn't know if they had enough offensive. Now, right. remember, LaMarcus Aldridge wasn't the player he is this year, last year. Yes, and that's, yes. That's the difference. So I think it's setting up for a lot of fun uh, come postseason. But, you know, a lot of these other teams are starting to have a, a confidence that they can compete with the top teams in the West that I don't know existed a year ago, yeah. which I think also makes it even more intriguing uh, as we get closer to the postseason. No question. No question. Appreciate John Schumann giving us trivia before he took off. GA, you got to get the dogs right. I don't care what you say. The dogs, oh, th- they start barking. It's time to roll. I mean. I was about to ask who let the dogs out. <laughs> I think we all right now. We're going to see who let the dogs out for me this week on Bragging Rights. So, yeah, last week, GA came back with a 3-0 week. What? To take a tie. We're tied at the top. Oh, no. 20 and 16, both say Goon GA. Ugh. We're going to start Wednesday night this week, Cavs at Nuggets. Ooh. Ooh that is going to be a tough Ooh. game. Mile high, huh? Yep. Oh, my goodness. That's going to be tough. But the, the, the Cavs need it. But the Nuggets also need it. They are terrific at home, man. It, it They are fun to watch. Remember, they just knocked off the Cavs in Cleveland. So there will be a, a mindset of some payback. I just, I don't know, man. This, this, is, this is actually a really tough pick for me. Yeah. Because I, I, I want to go Denver bad. But I got a sneaky suspicion that the Cavs will figure out a way. I'm going with Denver. I'm going to go Cavs. No, I'm going Denver. I I think this is a home game where Gary Harris and and some of the boys for Denver will will light it up and will be knocking shots down. I'm going with the Nuggets. All right, going to Thursday, Sixers at Heat. Is is Hassan Whiteside healthy? Because if he's healthy and ready to go, that means Joel Embiid is going to be licking his chops. They they haven't had a chance to match up in a minute here, so this will be an opportunity for him to him to resume his rivalry, so to speak, with uh, Hassan White. I'm going with the Sixers. I'm, I like the Sixers. Ooh, yeah, that's a like, good call. Sounds that's like a Hassan should I'm be gonna better. Go, I'm going to go Heat, and I, I agree with that. I do think that Embiid's going to play well, and I think he's excited to go up against Whiteside. But I also think Whiteside's going to be excited, and quietly, the Miami Heat are balling. Yes. Nobody's talking about them. This is a team that... You don't want to play in the postseason. You just are not going to want to play this group. Nobody plays harder. Nobody gets after it better defensively. No stars on the roster, but they have an inherent confidence and belief. And it's funny how this season's gone. They have been a non-factor and not healthy all season long. 
but they kept finding a way to put themselves in the conversation. And I, I just got a sneaky suspicion that this is going to team that, that they could be the biggest surprises in the postseason with how they perform. I'm going with the Heat. <laughs> All right, then we're going to go to Friday for League Pass Showcase game, <laughs> Rockets at Raptors. Oh, that's, that's, that, that's the game of the last three weeks as far as I'm concerned. I, I love this matchup. Great story, by the way. Uh, by Lee Jenkins about Dwayne Casey. I read today that was just fantastic read about Case and his rise from the ashes from all that went on in Kentucky. I am going to go with the North. I'm going to go with the Raptors. Hopefully the Rockets will still be undefeated, so the, the streak will be on the line as well. But I feel like that's a that's a statement game for Dwayne Casey, DeMar DeRozan, Kyle Lowry, and the Toronto Raptors. And the building is going to be straight up rocking. I'm a partner. I can't. I want to go against, <laughs> but I can't. I just can't do it. I agree with you. I think. I think that this is the Raptors have been good the last couple of years in all their statement games, and, and this is an opportunity for them to make a statement and get some more confidence heading into the postseason because they have a chance to have been successful basically against everybody that we consider a legit title contender. And, and so I'm going to go with you. I, I just think they're going to figure out a way. That that crowd is going to be banana. What? <laughs> they're going to be banana. I need to, that's, I need to get my passport out. I, I'm telling you, man, I wish we could get the players only on that one. <laughs> that place is going to be hype. It's going to be hype. It's going to be bonkers. I just want to see if Messiah is going to go out there to that plaza and get, shout him out before, you know, a little pep rally or something before. Keep it, keep it clean, Messiah. Don't. You know, no four-letter words. It's kids watching. But they are going to be amped and ready for the Rockets to come to town. Um, you know what, G.A.? This this playoffs, even if we don't get, a, you know, round four of Cavs-Warriors, after watching the Rockets and the Celtics last weekend and watching some of these other oh. teams play, there, there are teams poised and ready to get on that final stage and battle. Now, I think we got some con- some legitimate contenders on both sides that are not Warriors and Cavaliers that are ready. Oh, man. Listen, I cannot remember in my life the league ever being this healthy. Mm. You know, and, and I'm talking top to bottom. I yeah. mean, if you look at all the teams fighting to get in the playoffs in the West and in the East, they're not bad teams. Um, it, it's going to make it compelling. It's going to mean you're not going to – I don't know that we're going to see a lot of sweeps in the first round. Mm-hmm. And so I, I'm just – I am excited, man, for the possibilities of what the postseason are going to present. So uh, let, let's get it on. No question. Let's, let's get it on. Let's get it on. Listen, if you haven't already, subscribe to Hang Time on Apple Podcasts for new episodes all season long. Shout out to Jabari Young of the San Antonio Express News, our main man John Schumann, for my partner Greg Anthony, uh, out on the West Coast as always, players only, baby. And we will see you right here next week on the Hang Time Podcast. Thanks for listening to the Hangtime Podcast, and be sure to subscribe on Apple Podcasts for a new episode every Thursday this season. And as always, say kuna matata.